This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. One year after Barack Obama's historic election victory, many of his supporters are rapidly growing discontent over the president's policies. But in his essay, What Obama is Up Against, our guest today, Russ Baker, asks, how much can any president accomplish against the wishes of the industrial intelligence finance sector of our country? Baker is the author of the book Family of Secrets, the Bush Dynasty, the powerful forces that put it in the White House and what their influence means for America. He has written for The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, The New York Times, The Nation, Los Angeles Times. I could just keep going on yeah, here, Mike. Yeah. The Washington Post and Esquire and served as Columbia Journalism Review's contributing editor. Russ Baker, welcome to Weekly Signals. Thank you very much. Great to be here. And how are you doing today? We're up in Northern California, right? I'm up in Palo Alto, right? Wow. It's, is it is it pleasant up there today? It, no, it's beautiful. You know, it's always a little chilly in the mornings, and then it warms up a bit. Are you are you uh, visiting friends or family or just? Yeah, I came out for Thanksgiving, and uh, also had some things related to our uh, nonprofit uh, investigative website. So, kind of a, a, a mixed uh, trip. All right, Wh- which website is that? It's called whowhatwhy.com. Uh huh. What's what's going on there right now? That. Can, can well, you, are you at liberty to discuss your... Well, well sure. I mean, basically, and, and, and maybe there will be a more logical segue toward the end of our, our conversation, but, uh-huh. but essentially uh, uh, the work I did for Family of Secrets so shocked me in terms of things that I didn't know okay. had been going on in this country. And as I discussed this with other people, we agreed that the news media was not doing uh, anywhere near an adequate job of figuring out how things work behind the scenes. And so we started this nonprofit investigative site, whowhatwhy.com, and we're we're hoping we raise enough money from the public so we can hire up a staff of some of the crack investigative reporters and really go after the big stories. All right. Very, very good. Now, in your book, Family of uh, Secrets, is uh, out in paperback now, am I right? Or? That's right, and in fact, uh, because the book was really about so much more than the Bushes, it was more about the uh, uh, the permanent state of affairs in this country. We have a new subtitle, which is uh, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. Wow. Well, let's talk about America's Invisible Government. Can you just give us, a, in 25 words or less, you got more words than that, but can you give us a little primer in that? Well, sure. I mean, and then this was the point of the article to which you referred, uh-huh. and that is that, that we, we sort of naively focus on presidents as uh, almost as if it's kind of the, you know, the Academy Awards, the person of the moment, all eyes on that person, that, 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 that uh, each of these individuals uh, elected by us then uh, assumes this all-powerful position and proceeds to carry out their agenda. And that is just so uh, uh, not the way that things work. 
work. Uh, they're they're temporary occupants uh, of the White House, but the the uh, the government itself uh, is is largely dominated uh, and has been uh, for many many decades, if not through most of American history, by you know powerful and wealthy interests and uh, their allies in the what Eisenhower warned about or referred to as the military industrial complex, uh, the enormous defense uh, establishment now supplemented with this enormous homeland security establishment, uh, this giant sprawling and unaccountable intelligence service, uh, and so forth. And so, and so presidents come and go, and they struggle uh, very much behind the scenes, things we never hear about, uh, with these entities. And obviously, these are these are really the uh, b- people used to refer to this as kind of the shadow government, um, and uh, it it's through articles and books like yours uh, that people become more aware of the inner workings and the mechan- and the sort of the mechanics of how this works. Well, uh, now tonight we have uh, yeah. a special event going on with with um, our president delivering the bad news to us that he's going to send more troops in to Afghanistan. How did that play out? Because I'm sure this isn't what Barack Obama imagined himself doing on the campaign trail, or at least I hope it's not what he imagined himself doing. How, how does Robert Gates figure into this whole deal, and, and why is he where he is today? Okay, well, those are three excellent questions. Right. Let me start with the first one. Um, you know, b- being a candidate and being a president are two completely different jobs. The job of a candidate is to get elected, and the job of a president is to survive throughout their term and, if possible, to get reelected. Uh, and if they're really feeling ambitious, to uh, to generate a legacy uh, of which they're proud and uh, which uh, uh, hold hold up well in the eyes of schoolboys, you know, schoolchildren. Uh, and 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 so. Uh, so, so as a candidate, you know, he performed brilliantly, uh, but of course he had no idea what to do as president because uh, he was an intelligent fellow, but I mean, honestly, he'd been in, 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 in uh, national service a very short time. Uh, he really had barely grappled with these issues. They're enormously complex. Uh, somebody was just telling me about uh, one of these um, senators uh, who's been in, in there for, for, for many, many years who had just met this person and was appalled by how little this senator seemed to know about a lot of major issues, so so we're 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 naive to think that he gets in there and then he's able. I mean, just imagine any of us sitting there with generals coming in with these rafts of papers about some some foreign country that we understand almost nothing about, and we're supposed to try to decide whether we want thirty or forty thousand troops. I mean, it's yeah. just ludicrous. Well, it's so that's what we're. That's what the president's going to be talking about tonight. And let's go to, to talk about your article here. This is really, uh, what what do you see as the uh, as the real players in this decision to apparently send somewhere between thirty and forty thousand additional troops to Afghanistan? Well, first of all, I mean, let, let's track back some decades. I mean, uh, uh, since uh, World War II, this country has basically been on a permanent war economy. Uh, more than half of all of the discretionary dollars of, with, of the federal government uh, go to to war-related activities. I mean, it's just crazy. They they spend that in purported peacetime and war, uh, and and it's so big and it's so vast that that we are all 
deeply invested in and I mean all of us anybody who's got a, a, a pension fund uh, or, or or a uh, uh, you know invested in a mutual fund or in stocks in almost any big country company in this country their their biggest clients uh, are the military and I'm not even just talking about com- obvious companies like you know Boeing and what have you but uh, uh, companies that make uh, clothing and uh, uh, toys and it doesn't even matter what it is I mean the PXs and so on are such enormous clients that uh, that we all need these guys and so uh, you would have to make a calculated decision to, to shift away and to basically you know beat the swords into plowshares and it's just too big and it's too difficult I think for somebody like Obama to take on uh, exactly right now you uh, you were referring to um well, I just as an example, something that just happened uh, a few weeks ago, the appropriations bill for the uh, military was uh, voted on by the by the House and Senate, and it was over. I want to say it was over four hundred trillion, uh, four hundred billion dollars, and nary a word in in the mainstream media about it. There was no discussion of any substance that I saw about the appropriateness of this amount of money being spent on the military. Uh, nothing. I mean, it, it's and this is we're talking about healthcare, which is obviously a big program. Requires a lot of money, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of influence being bantered back and forth here over what will happen. But nothing about the most significant part of the U.S. budget. And I think this speaks to what you're talking about that this 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 this, this entire military-industrial complex is really hiding in plain sight in many ways in our society and in our politics. Well, that's right, Mike. In fact, uh, one of the principal themes of Family of Secrets is I kind of go through not just the Bushes, and, and the Bushes themselves represent both the father and the son, the triumph, the, you know, sort of breaking through the clouds of this establishment. But all of the presidents, and, I, and, and in Family of Secrets, I chronicle each president sort of in what happened to them. I mean, uh, 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 you know, Roosevelt uh, faced a, a proposed coup d'etat, you know, the... Uh, uh, a, a Wall Street interest, upset with what he was doing in the New Deal, tried to convince uh, a war hero from World War One, General Smedley Butler, uh, to to lead a military a coup against uh, FDR. Uh, a Truman was was pressured to sign the National Security Act of 1947 that created the first peacetime intelligence apparatus, the CIA. Uh, and and then years later, and and this is very very interesting. Thirty days to the day after. After John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and I believe it was no coincidence, Truman arranged to have published an op-ed as a former president where he said the CIA, he basically said the CIA is out of control. When I agreed to create this thing, I never agreed to create what it became, that he thought it was supposed to be simply gathering uh, intelligence, not engaging in all of these covert operations, destabilizing governments around the world and so on. And so Truman was shocked by this. Eisenhower, a general, issues this famous, um, speech about the military-industrial complex, warning about how big it had become and how dangerous. And of course, it's 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 many many times bigger than it was back then. And then you have JFK, and I've got, as you know, in Family of Secrets, four chapters of all new information about what happened to JFK. And I now believe that the evidence shows that he was removed because he was tangling with this establishment. And 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 I do think the evidence is absolutely overwhelming on that front, that he and his brother Robert F. Kennedy were not 
playing ball with these guys. Uh, Johnson comes in and he reverses everything. He works very, very closely with them. Nixon comes in and paradoxically, again, begins to tangle with these guys. He's got secret back-channel negotiations with what the uh, military-industrial complex view as America's enemies. He, he and Kissinger, in their own and perhaps deeply flawed way, were trying to uh, end uh, the Cold War. Uh, and look what happened to Nixon. Nixon was ousted in a scandal, which, uh, again, in Family of Secrets, I've got three chapters, all new information suggesting that, in fact, Richard Nixon was framed, was set up, and was removed by these very same people that went after all these other guys. Yeah, I, I, I remember a book that was written uh, uh, some not that long ago called Coup. And it was the, basically the idea was that Nixon was uh, was pushed out of office by, it, in, in essence, a military military uh, industrial complex establishment uh, coup uh, where the people was responsible. You refer to Alexander Butterfield, who's the man who revealed the taping system within the White House to the Watergate investigators. As a, uh, it was revealed later that he had uh, he worked at the CIA. Well, that's right, Mike. In fact, uh, I, I, because this stuff sounds so crazy almost, and it was shocking to me as I uncovered it in the five years that I spent working on Family of Secrets, I kept seeing more and more evidence of things going on behind the scenes that are just simply not in the history books. I had thought uh, that Kennedy was killed by uh, Oswald. I had thought that Nixon was the bad guy in Watergate. But as I followed the trajectory of uh, George H.W. Bush and discovered that he had had a secret life in the CIA long before he became CIA director, was tied in with all these people in the Pentagon, uh, Alan Dulles, uh, removed by JFK as head of the CIA. And, and then I started looking at Watergate and Butterfield and all these people in the White House around uh, Nixon had their own ties to people who were deeply disaffected. And so what we see is we see basically the same kind of thing that people in other countries are more familiar with, particularly, let's say, uh, developing countries in Latin America, which is that democracy is extremely fragile, that, uh, uh, that, that, that um, you, you have a facade of democracy and it works up to a point. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but that it's in constant tension with people who simply have no use for it. Uh, they're they're Permanently, they've got long-term interests, and they see these presidents as temporary occupants of the White House who can upset their apple cart. We're speaking. We're speaking with Russ Baker. His book is "Family of Secrets: The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible Government, and the Hidden History of the Last Fifty Years." Now, how does when you're watching Obama these days? Uh, um, <laughs> negotiating through these waters, uh, knowing what you know, uh, does it make more sense? The, you know, his positions that he's been taking, the the contradictions that he seems to be making with his former self. Absolutely, Nathan. I think that he and his closest advisors, uh, who, who I, I'm sure are well-meaning, I think they're terrified. Okay. Uh, I hate to use that term, but I don't know what other term to use. Uh, I, I mean, I think that, that they've really got to t tread very, very carefully. You, you mentioned Robert Gates. Uh, the, here comes Barack Obama. I think the last thing in the world anybody would have guessed would, that he, would, would be that a reform candidate uh, would retain the same defense secretary that 
that George W. Bush had, and a man who had been uh, a, a close uh, ally, almost a, you'd say a lieutenant of the Bush family. Uh, he had been uh, the Bush one's uh, 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 CIA director, you know, a lifelong CIA officer. He'd been the, the, the director of George H.W. Bush's presidential library, and I've been there, and I can tell you they've sanitized or removed almost everything, and this guy was presiding over that. So some people try to claim that he's a moderating influence, and certainly he is compared to Rumsfeld, but this is no reform, you know, and so they kept him, and, and obviously you look at the at the uh, the economy, I mean, who thinks that Larry Summers and Geithner are, are you know, radical reformers of, of any stripe? Yeah. Uh, and, and, so, and so you see Obama coming in there with no question that he was surrounded by a number of prog- reasonably progressive-minded advisors, but in the end, you know, that we know just a little bit about the internal battles that went on, and in almost every case, uh, the the forces of the establishment prevailed. Yeah, yeah. Robert Gates has blood on his hands uh, during his tenure uh, with the with George Senior's administration. East Timor comes to mind as a as an example of of a policy that killed hundreds of thousands of people, and Gates was was deeply involved in that that policy decision. Well, you're absolutely right. In, in fact, that shows how much better informed you are than most of the media because they never talk about any of these things. There's no context at all on him. No, there isn't. And, I, I mean, I, I guess what Nathan and I were talking earlier about this is, is there some hope, some sense that uh, given all of the forces that uh, Barack Obama is dealing with, that there is an attempt on his part with this sort of sort of middle ground uh, uh, troop uh, deployment in Afghanistan to begin to slow this enormous tanker down. This, this, I mean, I look at America as it's very slow moving, but very huge uh, ship on the sea, essentially, and that if Barack Obama can somewhat slow it down in, in the hopes of redirecting where we're going, is there, do you have a sense that he may be about that kind of a game in this process? I mean, I think he is, but, uh, you know, the reality is, and it's kind of interesting, I, I understand why every interview I do, uh, the hosts want to talk about hope, and I'm happy to talk about hope, and I do have hope, but I, I also think that it's a, a bit of a panacea, you know, the, the thing is that, uh, uh, our big problem is not that we need more hope, it's that we need more information. Yeah. Um, we've been in denial for so long, and we're so afraid of bad news. Yeah. We're so afraid of being discouraged and depressed. And so, you know, uh, I cannot tell you how many people said, boy, I've heard your book is amazing. And, I mean, for example, we've got a, a blurb on the cover of the paperback. It says, one of the most important books of the past ten years Gore Vidal, uh, you know, people like that have praised Family of Secrets, and yet a lot of people say, I know I need to read it, but I can't get myself to do it. You know, they, they don't want the bad news, and so we, we sate ourselves on, you know, endless uh, football games and uh, junk food and, you know, uh, uh, you know, fixing up our nest and so on, and we hide from stuff that's only going to get worse if we don't grapple with it. There are more of us than there are of them, and if we stepped up and we, and we made more of an effort to figure out what the heck is really going on, we would be in a better position to force the president to do the things that he would probably like to do anyway. Yeah. Well, you hear that a lot from people around uh, Obama, and people have had meetings with him, and, and they'll come to him and say the things that y- you and I would agree need to be done, and he'll look at them and say, I can't do this. I'm not an island. I cannot do this by myself. I need pressure brought to bear by people like yourself. And, and until you do that, I really can't do much more than, than just hope that we can change some of these things. 
And, well, that's right. That's right. And, and so, so people say, well, what can I do? I'm just one person, you know. But everything in history that has happened was done by one person. Right. And so, uh, A, you can do something simply by becoming educated about these things. Knowledge is power. B, the Internet is a very exciting development. I tell people that in five minutes in their, in their bathrobe, just sitting there as a, you know, as a computer jockey, forwarding articles to people who didn't know about these things, the more people who know about these things, the more people who speak up, the more people in the military industrial complex are going to ha- feel that they have to restrain themselves, and the more the president is going to feel empowered to at least take uh, important incremental measures. Is that, is that what you're hoping to accomplish with your website, the whowhatwhy.com, to get the information out there about this? and. <laughs> we, we, we are, and, you know, so far it's a struggle. We're, we're trying to convince people to go to whowhatwhy.com and click on support and then say, okay, I'll put $20 a month or $10 a month or $50 a month on my credit card to support this kind of journalism because we do think that we simply don't know what is going on. If we're in the dark, uh, nothing, nothing can change except uh, for the worse. And so, yes, that's what we're hoping to do. We'd like to do stories like what is in family of secrets, but do contemporary stories on the major issues of the day from foreign policy to climate change to the economy and figure out what is really going on. Well, um, what, what, uh, let's talk about what, what is the president going to say tonight? Uh, do you have, do you have some idea what, what, uh, what we're going to get, end up with when he's, yeah, how are we going to be depressed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they're, they're leaking it all out. I just saw a report a few minutes ago. You know, they, I mean, you see, these things are all choreographed, and so it's, it's sort of silly if you think about it, because the media is manipulated, we're manipulated, but he knows what he's going to do. The people at the Pentagon know what he's going to do. The Afghanis know what he's going to do. Uh, so we're the only ones who are surprised. And so it, it, it really is like the Academy Awards or something. It's sort of ridiculous, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, here's, by the way, here's uh, a general General McChrystal wanted 40,000 troops, so he's giving him 30, uh, as if that's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I find very, very interesting is how did we learn that General McChrystal wanted to give him 40,000 troops? That was leaked uh, to Bob Woodward of the Washington Post. Right. And, and as I point out, as, as you've read in Family of Secrets, uh, uh, three decades ago, uh, Richard Nixon was brought down by other leaks to the same man, uh, Bob Woodward, who uh, had worked in in, in the top secret capacities in the Navy right before he went to work uh, at the Washington Post. They're, they're, we, we don't even understand you know, how these stories come out, why they come out. Clearly, that leak was not appropriate. It was designed to, to force Obama's hand, and that is exactly what it's done. It's so funny. I've been hearing for years that uh, Woodward was uh, had this intelligence background, and I think that's one of the, the great unreported stories uh, in in our last of the last thirty years, is how many people in the media have this background? There and there are lots of them, and it, go, it just goes on and on uh, in terms of the ability of this industrial complex to be able to manipulate the news. Uh, and we saw in the lead up to the war in Iraq just how profoundly the, uh, uh, what a profound effect they can have on on our national uh, policy. Well, that's right, Mike. We don't spend enough time examining uh, where our information comes from, how people 
uh, uh, who, who we trust get where they are. Uh, uh, I'm not encouraging paranoia or something, but we need to look at people's track records. Somebody like Woodward, I mean, his, his, almost all of his track record is in support of this military-industrial complex. He almost never does anything that cuts the other way, and yet he continues to be revered as this so-called journalistic hero for something Watergate, which as I point out in my book and as you point out, Silent Coup and other fine books all point out, uh, looks to have been a frame-up job against Nixon. So, I mean, we're, 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 we have this kind of secret history we don't know about. We have these journalistic arbiters we don't know anything about. Uh, we have presidents who get elected who we don't really know much about. I mean, I, 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 even Obama, if you think about it, how much do we really know about him? We, we don't do proper due diligence on the most important things that face our country. I, I, I would say that during the campaign, with all due respect, he's an intelligent man, obviously, but here we are, we are electing a junior senator from Illinois to be president of the United States, and you're absolutely right. Uh, we, don't know, we didn't know a lot about him, obviously. He's an amazing campaigner, all that kind of stuff, but you, this is true. This is, I, my point was, is this the best of the, of the on the bench that we have waiting to go into the game is a junior senator from Illinois. I mean, that, that's, uh, the people did decide that's what they wanted, but it, we don't have a very deep bench when it comes to real, uh, real leadership in this country. Well, you know, I, I would argue that the big problem is not so much them as it's us. Yeah. And this is something you're not supposed to talk about. When Jimmy Carter tried to do that, you remember he talked about there was a malaise in America. He, he was trying to say, you know, you guys aren't doing your part, and, you know, you, you want to just... You want to just sit there in the spectator seats and, you know, yell at us. But, I mean, it's a hard job to try to fix this country. And, and we all have to do our parts, but we don't want to. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to bring hope here. <laughs> but, but how would you suggest, other than just getting information out there, there there's also, you have to make, you have to want, have people want the information. And I think that's, that's really where we are right now that people don't want the information at all. Uh, do you have any suggestions on how to, how to get people to want the information? Because that's, uh, and, and I, I don't expect you to come up with a, with a silver bullet here, but it, do you have any clue on that? You know, uh, Nathan, that, this all then becomes kind of a, a cycle and the question yeah. of, uh, you know, horse before the cart or whatever. Uh, I, I think that, you know, some of it comes down to education, obviously. <laughs> you have to have a better educational system. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you know, you do need better information. People need to be taught how uh, knowing more and being better informed in itself Make, it creates a better life for you and for your family. We know this on certain levels. People understand, for example, that they need to, you know, people who are educated, let's say, about diet, uh, live a longer life. So they understand that, but they don't understand how being educated about government creates a more healthy body politic that is simply better for all of us. I don't know the answer, except we have to keep pushing people to not sort of, you know, baby themselves, spend a little less time, uh, you know, uh, you know, chilling out and unwinding a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, being a permanent student uh, of, of our world. For, for, for whatever the flaws of what happened at Watergate were, uh, the, the country was intensely interested in 
the politics and the process and what was going on. We went from that, and in a few short years, we went from that to Ronald Reagan telling us the government's the problem, and for the last 30 years we've been told by the Republican Party that government doesn't work, it, it's irrelevant, we've got to do everything we can to, to, uh, to essentially undermine and destroy its capability. That's a big part of what you're talking about. That's right. In fact, it's quite ironic because government per se is not the problem. If you if you go outside your house and you see that there's somebody every day who sweeps the streets and uh, the, the the police who are keeping us safe and so on, government per se is not the problem. It's the takeover of certain parts of the government by these very cynical forces yeah. that were behind people like Reagan. Exactly. People who, when you appoint, uh, 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 what's Watts's, I can't f- remember Watts' Gaines. name. Uh-huh. Isn't it James? James Watts, yes, and, uh-huh. and you point people that who essentially mission is to destroy the organization that they're in charge of. Uh, the, you know, going back to f- uh, FEMA during Katrina and all that. This is what you get: you get an undermining of confidence in our in our ability to affect our own the the, the course of our own lives. And well, well, well hopefully, people can uh, well, get, get moving in the right direction by going to whowhatwhy.com. And they can also uh, take a look at, at Russ's book, too, uh, Family of Secrets, The Bush Dynasty, America's Invisible, Invisible Government, and The uh, Hidden History of the Last 50 Years. Uh, thanks again, uh, Russ Baker, for being part of uh, Weekly Signals, and, and, and good luck to you. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure, it. Russ. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals.